0: Hi, welcome to Talking Books and Stuff, the program that talks all about books and writing and stuff. Here's your host, Dennis Rimmer.
1: This is Talking Books and Writing and Stuff, and today from Cape Breton in the Nova Scotia area, we have with us Morgan Murray, author of Dirty Birds. So, Morgan, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I understand you're from a place, Caroline, Alberta, is that correct?
0: <laughs> that is, yes. Uh, hello, and thanks for having me. I, uh, I'm a Cape Breton-based writer these days, but I grew up in a little itty-bitty village, Well, on a farm outside a little itty-bitty village in uh, rural central Alberta, Uh, Caroline. It's one and only claim to fame. Well, I guess it's got two claims to fame now. Uh, Kurt Browning, the figure skater, is from there. And also Kurt Russell, the uh, defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers, is from there. So uh, we all learned how to skate at a young age. But I escaped and um, now live on the East Coast and write and work and raise a family and... uh, enjoying it out here.
1: And if you tell me that the local hockey team's theme song is Sweet Caroline, I'm just going to hang up right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: would, I wouldn't dare. That, that song has never been sung or played at any community uh, events or dances or anything. We wouldn't dare.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> so, um, Kurt Browning, was he uh, a neighbor, or did you know him at all? or uh, He's He's about my parents' age,
0: so um, they went to school with him, and he his family farm, about five miles from my family's farm. So um, I knew him a little bit, and he knows my family pretty well. And uh, when he was winning all his medals and everything, my mother was the chair of the Kurt Browning committee in town. And so every time he'd win, the town would have a big party in the Kurt Browning arena. And uh, my mom was the head organizer of those. <laughs> so, oh, uh, I don't know if he'd pick up the phone if I called him, but if my mom did, uh, he
1: would talk to her. <laughs> that's good. We're talking with Morgan Murray from Cape Breton uh, in Nova Scotia, of course. And how long have you been in the Cape Breton area? Because you're starting to sound like a Nova Scotia person.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, too long, that means. No, I... Um, Me and my wife moved back here about four years ago, and uh, for nine years prior to that, I was living in Newfoundland. So, if we were talking five years ago, you wouldn't understand the word I was saying. But um, that's right. I'm improving, hopefully. Um, But yeah, I I bounced around. I I started in Caroline, and uh, after high school, I went to the University of Calgary. Um, And did my undergraduate degree there, and then I lived in Montreal for a little while, which uh, we'll get into, I'm sure, with with Dirty Birds. And then uh, I went to graduate school in in Newfoundland, and and the uh, tourism slogan, the unofficial tourism slogan for Newfoundland is, it's come for the scenery, stay for the fog, because it seems like a lot of people go there for a short time and stay for a long time, (laughs) so I was there for nine years. Um, before I got kidnapped back to rural Cape Breton in my wife's hometown. So uh, <laughs> here, here we are. Here Took a long are. way
1: here. Here we are. And we're talking with Morgan Marie and the, the book uh, in hand, and actually I have it right in my hand, Dirty Birds, uh, concerning the adventures of a chap named Milton, Ontario. And that's his name, not the place. He's not from there. He's from uh, Belly Button, Saskatchewan. And <laughs> why did you choose choose that name
0: (laughs) Uh, for Milton
1: yeah for Uh, both the name of Milton and the town
0: (laughs) sure yeah so I wanted Milton to be sort of a bland uh, pretty normal character sort of the everyman character that you see in some books Um, and what uh, better way to express it than name him after a suburb Uh, and I just thought Milton Ontario had the nicest ring to it for a person's name better than etobicoke ontario or anything like that so that's where milton started from anyways and then uh belly button was um it's based on a real town the uh, my grandparents grew up in riverhurst i don't know if you're if you've ever had the chance to be to riverhurst but it's uh not much there it's about 100 people i think and uh my grandparents Grew up there, and, and they moved to Alberta when my mom was very young. Um, but my great grandmother, she lived there until uh, she was in her eighties, I suppose. So we'd go visit every summer. So it was the Saskatchewan town I knew the best, uh, little town. And uh, belly button just seemed like a somewhat plausible but kind of goofy name for a town in Saskatchewan, and its proximity to elbow, eyebrow, and central butte, and all that kind of. It's in the body part. Right. Section of Saskatchewan, right, right exactly. where the belly button be.
1: <laughs> right, it's a belly button, like you said, uh, central river here. they have a ferry, don't they? There.
0: Yeah, there's a, an old uh, cable ferry that goes back and forth on, across the
1: highway there. So now your writing style reminds me of jack kerouac because you seem to play the typewriter i'll call it bad like like a piano a jazz piano player once you start going it just you don't know where you're going to end up is is that kind of uh how you approached writing dirty birds
0: um yeah it. i like to say it, it was about 12 years in the making and then uh, just a few months in the being made um because it uh I lived in Montreal in 2007, which is when the novel was based, and I used a lot of my own experiences to sort of um, start Milton off on his misadventures, and I, a lot of the episodes start like mine did, but they don't ever end like mine did, fortunately for me, unfortunately for Milton. But um, yeah, it, it took about 10 years to figure out that I wanted to write a novel and what I wanted to write about. and. and who the characters could be and how the plot would go and all of that. And then uh, I finally eventually sat down to write it, and it, it, the writing went pretty fast. And, and uh, I, I don't know if it was Kerouac fast, but uh, I have a day job, so I, I wrote sort of evenings and weekends. And um, after a couple months, I had 130-some thousand words, and uh, which we'd call a manuscript and, <laughs> and send it off to the editor, and we started hacking away at it to see if there's anything there. But, um, yeah, I've always been uh, fond of, of sort of the more poetic use of prose and uh, using repetition and rhymes and things within it just to make it kind of fun to read. Uh, so some cross between Kerouac and Dr. Seuss, I suppose, are <laughs> strong influences. So I'm trying to write like that just so it's it's interesting and engaging and fun to read.
1: It is a fun read, and uh, I'm just going to read a passage here just so uh, uh, everyone who's, everyone, okay, the listener, I'm old radio guy, you're only supposed <laughs> to talk to one person at a time. Um, so this is a paragraph from Dirty Birds by uh, Morgan Murray, I was going to say by Milton Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, describing some of his his adventures in Montreal. Uh, He tagged along with Naughty or Georgette or Rudy or Ava to every house party and potluck, every secret music show of bands no one had ever heard of, every pay-what-you-can fringe festival vaudeville burlesque extravaganza, every art student-term project exhibition, every free first Tuesday of the month at Musée de Beaux-Arts, every second... (laughs) Wednesday of the month at Musée d'Art Contemporain, every half-off showing development man at Cinema du Parc, every poetry reading at every Out of the Way, saint Henry. freegan co-op coffee shop, every two-drink minimum open mic bilingual comedy night in dive bars in notre dame de Grasse. every work acquaintance's bowling birthday party in the far-flung Ben Luz, I guess that's suburbs, or entire night spent wandering from eight and a half to eight and a half pre-drinking four parties that never happened and that's all one paragraph <laughs> <laughs> it's all one breath <laughs> so that's i mean your book it's hilarious and I, I i'm only halfway through because i can't stop laughing it did it did you intend to be a funny guy i mean when I know when I try to be funny, I can't. But when I make something up at the drop of a hat or something, it, it's pretty good. So tell me your process thinking about Milton Ontario and Dirty Birds, the whole whole how you put the whole thing together.
0: Sure. Yeah. It. it uh, I wanted it to be funny from the start, and and uh, whenever I try to write serious things, they come out no good. <laughs> um, but usually. If I try to write funny and kind of uh, be have a more satirical tone and then do a lot of tongue-in-cheek jokes and things like that and it'd be more irreverent, it ends up being funnier. So I, I kind of leaned into that and, and tried to just fill it with as many jokes as possible. And and there's some serious themes in the book, and um, I, w- I won't ruin spoil it for you. But you know, Milton gets in a lot of. <laughs> a lot of hijinks and a lot of trouble and a lot of his, his best laid plans don't always work out in his favor. Um, so it's not always the, the happiest of times for Milton, but, uh, I, the humor makes it more engaging and I, I hope, hopefully it, it helps you want to keep reading and then going on. So, um, it, it, it takes a surprising amount of work to, to craft the jokes just the way that, uh, <laughs> to write a dirty joke that works in the, in a book yeah. and, uh, yeah. to, to do all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's uh, certainly a choice, and I don't think um, it, it necessarily can't, comes naturally for me. But uh, you know, I, I in in real life, I'm a bit of a Smart Alec too, so it helps <laughs> with the
1: writing too. Right. So, uh, tell me about the artwork. I mean, the artwork is is a major part of the book. It it's, ties in with the storyline. There's little uh, cartoon type figures, I guess, scattered throughout the book. It all makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, tell us about that. I understand there might be uh, some family involvement with that
0: yeah so uh i'm married to i'm lucky enough to be married to the the lovely and talented kate Beaton who's a new york times best selling cartoonist and children's book author and uh, all kinds of things and um she's extremely talented and she did the cover of Dirty Birds which is a gorgeous cover and uh, couldn't have asked for a better cover and um so i got extremely lucky he got the family discount on that and then uh <laughs> I've always been a fan of illustrated novels ever since I was a kid. And when you're a kid growing up, there's a, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, it seems like the older you get, the fewer and fewer pictures are in your books and you know, you're growing up when there's no more pictures. Um, but I always liked pictures and, and they always uh, give your mind a break or a different thing to think about while you're uh, chugging along in just blocks and blocks of prose and, um, with Dirty Birds, I found ways to use pictures to sort of uh, heighten jokes or tell other jokes, add extra humor, um, to add to the themes of it. Um, if you flip through really quickly and look at just the pictures, hopefully it gives you kind of an uh, overarching idea of what Milton's story is, told through sort of the objects that are important to his life. So the first picture is... Uh, Everything he brought with him to Montreal, which is you know not enough t-shirts and a bunch of books and the typewriter and all this, uh, he didn't pack very well. And the second picture is a map of Belly Button Saskatchewan, which is just a square with a dot in the middle. Um, <laughs> right. But then as it goes on, there's there's more elaborate pictures of of things in his apartment or uh, he goes to a uh, anarchist potluck and it has the the chipped second-hand mugs that they're drinking rutabaga soup out of and the bag of rutabagas they got at the dumpster in chinatown and all of this oh. different stuff so it kind of tells the story that way too and, and um just i thought it, it added a an extra element of interest and i i'm a big fan of, of kurt vonnegut and uh authors like that, and he puts some illustrations in his book, and uses them a little bit differently, but uh, I wanted to try and figure out a way to put some some images in there, and luckily the publisher went along with it. Uh,
1: Morgan Murray is with us here on Talking Books, talking about his book, Dirty Birds, and the protagonist is a guy named Milton, Ontario, not the town, the person. Um, Why did he decide to leave Belly Button, Saskatchewan, and head to Montreal? What's his underlying motivation?
0: So in uh, Milton's uh, no good at hockey, and he's uh, not interested in in working in the oil patch. And so, uh, what else? Sir? And he's, he's his family doesn't farm, so he's kind of low on uh, options of what to do in Belly Button, Saskatchewan. So he, um, a uh, teacher in high school, introduces him to Leonard Cohen, and he falls immediately in love with the the songs and poetry of leonard cohen and think leonard cohen is a genius and so he gets it in his head that he's when he grows up he's going to be a famous poet and a lady man ladies man like leonard cohen so he graduates from the polytechnic university of saskatchewan in moose jaw and uh moves saves up his money and uh, moves to montreal to pursue this fame and fortune as a famous poet and ladies' man, and of course nothing works out the way he quite expects it to. Even though most of his dreams do come true, they're not, never what he had expected they were, and they're usually a pretty sizable disaster.
1: And the adventures he got into, such as what we uh, quoted earlier from the book Dirty Birds by Morgan Murray, that kind of stuff actually goes on when you, you were in Montreal? Or are you exaggerating a tad?
0: Uh, a little bit of both. So, uh, I I moved to Montreal for pretty pretty much the same reasons, <laughs> and had a little bit uh, better success in that. I I uh, didn't end up in quite as many disasters, but I didn't become famous wealthy ladies' man either. Um, <laughs> but I, I used a lot of my own experiences, sort of jumping off points. So, I uh, Montreal at the time, and I'm, I'm sure it's pretty similar still, at this kind of strange and very vibrant Anglophone bubble right in the middle of downtown. There's two big English universities, McGill and Concordia, down there, and um, especially in 2007, I don't know if it's changed since, but uh, because of the separatist movement and the referendum and things, a lot of investment and in economic development opportunities and things had left Quebec, <clears throat> uh, and so the economy was kind of depressed, so the rents were extremely low. And so uh, the apartment I described in Milton, real uh, apartment in Dirty Birds is, is almost a carbon copy of the one I moved into, <laughs> sight unseen from Craigslist when I moved there. Um, the, the key difference was my room, my little tiny room, had a window, Milton doesn't. Um, but I paid like $150 rent <laughs> oh. with four strangers. Um, and so that gives you the opportunity to work a Credit crummy job part time and then go out and uh, pretend you're an artist the rest of the time or go to parties and, and carry on like you're a uh, famous poet and ladies man, even though you, you aren't. <laughs> and so it was like the summer camp for all these Anglophones from all across Canada. And a lot of uh, people from, especially the Toronto area, would go there, not just for school, but after they would graduate. Um, it was kind of a cheap place to be, the, you know, that that, that bohemian lifestyle. Um, and I went and lived there for a few months until I, uh, got sick of eating, uh, half rotten fruit from the fruit stand and old bagels from the bagel stand and got a real job. <laughs> and then it kind of turned into a much less romantic summer camp kind of place. And it was, it was just another sort of city. And that's, um, when I kind of fell out of love with Montreal a little bit and, and then moved home to, uh, look after my mom who was sick a little bit there. So, um... Yeah, it was this this very strange world, and and what that the the sort of cheap living and crummy jobs allowed was that everybody was kind of living the same experiences, but everybody was pretending they were very serious artists, and uh, you know their band was the band, and their poetry was very important, and so you had a lot of these these kind of ridiculous characters. uh, all running around pretending they were grown-up artists when we were all really just kids still even though we're in our 20s or 30s or some of us were in our 40s so (laughs) it uh... it was a strange experience to say the least.
1: And one of the people in the book, a filmmaker who uh, took uh, years and years to make a, what is it, a seven-minute film of uh, seagulls <laughs> yes. at a dump in New Delhi. Why? Well, because it's seagulls at a dump in New Delhi. Why do you ask? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> is that based on a real person? <laughs> uh, so that's Robin,
0: and I, she becomes sort of a love interest in Milton's life. And he becomes a little bit obsessed with her and, and kind of a lot of the book is driven by his pursuit of trying to find her and, and win her heart um, but yeah her claim to fame, I guess you could call it that is she drops out of Oxford and then moves to Calcutta to make this seven minute long silent film, and it takes her three years oh, right. um, and it uh it's this absurd thing, and I don't know the film itself i I made up, but I met a number of people who who were like that we're making things that weren't that good but they were very serious about them um and sort of the irony is that robin is is sort of one of the most sensible people in the book um and she has a lot of, of sort of insightful things to say to milton uh, throughout but uh, her career is is this kind of phony baloney artistic <laughs> film making uh, adventure so um, yeah, just the, that world was full of characters like that up to all these different strange things. And the world does need artists, and it needs bad artists as well as good artists because usually you got to make a lot of bad art before you start making good art. Um, but this, there's a lot of pretense about it and a lot of... Uh, A lot of fodder for satire, for sure. So I I took advantage of that.
1: Uh, That's right. Yes, it's Calcutta, not New Delhi, like I said. Uh, Morgan Murray is with us. We're talking about his book, Dirty Birds. Uh, Do you have something else in the works?
0: Uh, I did have some ideas of what I was going to work on next, but um, uh, like you mentioned, uh, the book was uh, long-listed for Canada Reads. Um, The CBC contest there at the start of, of the year of 2021. And so um, that's kind of throwing everything up in the air because the, the book has really taken off since then and it's gained a lot of popularity and we sold out of the first print run of it, which is um, pretty rare. And so now I think I need to, re- I, I had been mulling over a nonfiction book idea in my head, but now I think I need to uh, go back to the drawing board and figure out that next novel. And I have some ideas and, and, about, uh, you know, it's going to be probably based in the prairies and, and probably more on the Alberta side of the border, but <laughs> sort of that prairie experience of so many uh, families is is very similar, um, you know, homesteading and everything. And uh, one character I'm, I'm particularly fascinated by is the poet Stefan Stephenson. I don't know if you've heard that name. Um,
1: Can't say as I have.
0: No. He, he is... Uh, for my money, one of the greatest Canadian poets who ever lived, but very few people have ever heard of him. Uh, and he homestead—he's from Iceland originally, and he homesteaded in central Alberta, not far from where I grew up. And uh, he would work on the homestead all day, breaking his back farming. And this was the—I think he moved to Canada in the 1880s and he passed away in the 1920s, and so he worked like a dog all day, and then he'd stay up all night writing poetry. Um, But he wrote his poetry in Icelandic, so nobody in Canada has read it. Um, (laughs) But he's extremely famous in Iceland, and there's statues of him in Reykjavik and things, and um, it's, it's kind of this, strange but uniquely canadian story where his poetry is very well respected by people who know it and he's been compared to like Wordsworth and all of these giants of poetry um and he was writing about canada and about this very important time in canadian history and he was uh, a huge champion of of sort of the settlement of of the west but he was also uh, very involved in the pacifist movement and protests against the first world war and all these different things. And he was a, a big figure in the Lutheran church until they kicked him out for his pacifism. Uh, so he's this really fascinating character who grew up or grew up, who lived not far from where I grew up. Um, but nobody knows about him. And so I'd love to shine a light on him in some way. And, and, and so I'm trying to think of a way to craft a novel around his life and, and some other characters that, uh, I, I know about on the prairies and, and um, kind of tell a more centralized story than uh, the, the Milton. He's, he travels from Saskatchewan to uh, Montreal to Newfoundland and back, so he <laughs> there's a lot of linguistic uh, diversity in the book, which was a, a bit of a challenge. So maybe if I could stick to one place, we can get it done a little quicker. We'll see.
1: That's right, and we're talking with Morgan Murray. The book you should look for is Dirty Birds, published by Breakwater Books. How did you uh, get in touch, or did they get in touch with you? How did that connection come about?
0: Yeah, I, um, Newfoundland is is one of Canada's biggest small towns, so uh, like I said, I lived there for nine years. Um first couple years I was doing grad school, and then I uh, worked at the local independent newspaper for a while, and uh, if you stick around at universities long enough, they'll just give you a job. I found out. <laughs> um, and uh, but it's a, St. John's is a very, it you know it's a hundred thousand people or or more, but it's a very small town, and so um, just through my participation in different artistic things, I got to know a number of different writers and things, and I took a writing workshop with Lisa Moore, who's a fantastic author Uh, she's won Canada Reads in the past and she's been shortlisted for Giller Prize and things and and she's a a tremendous writer and she was giving her a workshop at the university so I signed up and um, uh, learned a lot about writing fiction and and, because I had written mostly journalism and nonfiction and stuff up to that point and I always knew that I wanted to write a novel but uh, how do you write a novel (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, I part of the, probably the best thing that came from that workshop was I met a number of other aspiring novelists, and so we continued to meet um, even after the the class was over, and so um, the ones who are still in St. John's still meet every couple weeks to tear each other to shreds and help each other's writing get better, and through that group, we all really grew, and um, I think there was eight of us who started, uh, and there's uh, five left, I guess, but there's been five or six novels come out, and they've all done uh, quite well, either in Atlantic Canada or right across the country, and, and it's been really exciting to be a part of that group. And uh, one of the things that came out of that group was Breakwater Books, um, through their interest in Lisa Moore as kind of the the godmother of uh, Newfoundland writing, <laughs> um, asked her if she would put together a collection of short stories of sort of new and upcoming writers in the province, and she said, sure. And then she came to our writing group and said, you're all in it. Send me a story. Oh. And so uh, my, I had a story published in that anthology. And at the um, launch event for that, I was shoveling cheese in my face as fast as I could because uh, not every day you get free cheese. And the, <laughs> the publisher came up, and, and he, or the editor for the publisher, he came up and asked me what I was working on. Uh, eventually I told him, well, I have this idea for an all about a, a hapless poet his adventures in, in Montreal, and it, I, I think fortuitously for me, the the editor, he was also a hapless poet who was, had some of the same adventures, so he fell in love with the idea before it was ever a novel, and he kind of hounded me for several years through uh, a number of different life events and, and things until I finally relented and, and sat down and wrote the book, so... It was a completely wrong way to find a publisher and, and go about doing that, but I'm glad that it worked out, and uh, it's, it's turned out pretty well so far. So uh, it was, we got there eventually.
1: That's right. Well, as I say, the universe works in mysterious ways. Morgan Murray is with us, a writer, and you make crooked furniture? What's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to
0: make it crooked, but it just ends up that way. I uh, know uh, woodworking is a hobby of mine, and so um, we we moved a uh, house uh, last fall, and our books are still all in a big pile in the basement, because I need to build bookshelves yet, and the dining room table, and all that stuff, and I won't let my wife buy anything, because I insist on, on building it, and we inherited the, the property, a barn full of old lumber, so I'm itching to build it, and it'll be slightly imperfect, but... Uh, It'll be furniture, maybe one day we'll see
1: <laughs> we'll see, and just uh before we wrap things up here, I flipped open uh, dirty birds again to a hockey card of bitsy Federko from the Boise noise <laughs> so, <laughs> with the p c h l pacific coast hockey league I'm assuming uh is yep. there, now there's Bernie Federko is who is bitsy Federco? you just made him up, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: Bitsy, as far as I know, is completely fictitious. Um, there's a scene that the hockey cards is in the scene where Milton, uh, he's in college for five years um, trying to figure out, he goes through instrumentation and electrical and welding and pipe fitting and carpentry and everything under the sun until he finally settles on the artistic sciences, which is a made-up uh, diploma program that the college uses to uh, defraud wayward students out of their money. Um, But he goes in in the five years he goes out for uh, drinks with his classmates one night uh, in his first year when he's uh, in the instrumentation program. And everybody in the instrumentation program are uh, failed junior hockey players. And so they're they're trading stories of their failure to become uh, superstars. And uh, one guy's claim to fame is he played half a season in the defunct Pacific Coast Hockey League with the defunct Boise noise and Bitsy Federko, Bernie's nephew, was his uh, defense partner <laughs> for for a short spell and then he uh he uh retired <laughs> unwillingly. Uh um, <laughs> from the hockey world and into the <laughs> instrumentation world. So um there's just a bit of fun kinda on the culture from um uh, back home and in on the prairies of you know hockey's very central, and you see a lot of a lot of friends of mine play junior hockey at some level and then after that they'd go on to figure out oh well now what am I going to do in the oil patch right Because that's kind right. of your your options and um so I, I just wanted to kind of have a bit of fun with that and I gotta use the the lingo of the hockey players and then in footnotes add, add translations so right. <laughs> you can understand what the s j means is the S.J. is the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, compared to the A.J., which is the Alberta Junior Hockey League, and things like
1: that. Right, it's like a snipe, shoot, selly, and give me some sauce, and all that kind of stuff. uh,
0: That's right, you need the dictionary and the translator to figure it out.
1: And Morgan Murray has been our guest, Uh, Dirty Birds is the book. Uh, I highly recommend everyone go out and f- track down a copy. I'm sure it's uh, going to be available for a long, long time to come. And you said Newfoundland's slogan was "Come for the scenery, stay for the the fog." Well, apparently Saskatchewan's is "Saskatchewan easy to draw, hard to pronounce." So or hard to spell. <laughs> One of the two. I, I can't figure it out. But anyway, uh, whenever we meet people, that's f- true. Whenever we meet people from the states, they say, "Where are you from?" I say, "Saskatchewan," and they say, Saskatchewan. On? And I say, yeah, just like Mrs. Sai Pai So <laughs> you got to get back at them somehow, you know? There's... That's right. Okay. Morgan Murray, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for visiting with us today. This is Talking Books and Stuff with Dennis Rimmer contact him at dennis at talkingbooks.tk. Thank you, and may all the good news be yours. Oh, and don't forget to
1: check out his book, The Great Canadian Notebook, available across Canada and at amazon.ca.